Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. One of our listeners writes in and they want to know why, what is so important about thankfulness in the Christian life? Well, this is a great question because today is Thanksgiving. This is a day where we give thanks to the Lord. You know, I want to ask you a question today, dear listener. How would you describe the Christian life? Well, the New Testament describes it in many ways and under a rich variety of figures. It is, for example, a race along an arduous contest like an Olympic marathon that demands all of our energies and it requires great powers of endurance if we're to reach the goal and win the victor's crown. It's spiritual warfare. It's a fierce, unrelenting battle with the forces of evil that seeks to destroy us. It's a crucifixion and a resurrection a death to sin itself, and a supernatural rebirth to eternal life in the Lord. It is a discipleship. It's a rigorous process of training and growth in Christ-likeness of character. It is a stewardship, a, a responsibility to manage all our talents and time and abilities, our money and our other opportunities for the glory of God and the advancement of His kingdom on earth. But it's also something else. The Christian life is thankfulness. Thankfulness. A life of thankfulness. A glad and a joyous hymn of praise to God. Be thankful, Paul says to the believers at Colossae. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, Paul told the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In his letter to the Ephesians, he told his readers to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5.18. And then he proceeded at once to indicate that a prominent mark of a spirit for life is thanksgiving always and for everything in the name of our lord jesus to god the father ephesians 5 20 a christian should be thankful well we all like to be thanked right we when we give a gift to someone uh, when we help somebody when we perform an act of kindness for a fellow human being we expect some expression uh, some expression of appreciation our generosity or service may not be consciously motivated by any desire for recognition. Our action may be prompted primarily by our love or our compassion or our genuine concern for the other person's happiness. But if there is little or no evidence of gratitude, we are hurt and offended, and at times we grow indignant. Our human desire for thanks is an echo from the heart of God. He too wants to be thanked. He expects us to show our gratitude for all of his wonderful goodness. The Old Testament, as well as the New Testament, rings with the summons to thanksgiving. Psalm 95, 1 says, O come, let us give thanks to the Lord. Let us make a joyful notice to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Psalm 120, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts of praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. Psalm 150, the grand finale of the Psalters, is composed entirely of a chain of 13 commands to praise the Lord. It closes with a call to all living creatures to join together in a swelling chorus of praise to him. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Where are the nine, Jesus asked, when only one of ten lepers he had healed, a despised Samaritan, returned to express his gratitude? Luke 7, 1717 says, Was not one found to return and give thanks except this foreigner? And that note of disappointment at human ingratitude is as much a revelation of the Father's heart as anything our Lord has ever said. See, God looks for and delights in the thanksgiving of his grateful people. Should not 
not you and I then delight to give it to him? Should we not assign to Thanksgiving a much larger place in our prayers? Psalm 103.2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What an impulse to Thanksgiving lies in the three words of the psalmist, all his benefits. As the English poet Joseph Addison puts it, 10,000 thousand precious gifts, my daily thanks employ. So let me uh, suggest to you, my American friends, and, and even even those outside of America, this exercise that I found helpful. After you've feasted on your dinner of turkey with all the trimmings, ask each member of your family. Uh, be sure that you don't leave out anyone, even the youngest among you. To tell them, take out a sheet of paper and write down all the things that you're thankful for. And when this done, ask everybody to read their list one at a time, of course. And then ask the whole family to join together in prayer. As each in turn gives thanks to God for the blessings that uh, the Lord has brought to mind. There's no better way to stimulate the spirit of thankfulness in our hearts and in our homes. Any such inventory of God's goodness will certainly include the common blessings of life. Most of us are privileged to enjoy health and home, family and friends food and clothing, work and play, laughter and happiness, and all the wonder and the beauty of nature that God has created for our pleasure. As citizens of this great land, we should remember how blessed we are. While not all of us are rich and some, of some an alarming increasingly number are poor, we know that nothing of the appalling poverty, hunger, and disease that are a triple scourge to millions in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. Every minute, 24 people, mostly children, starve death or die of extreme malnutrition. malnutrition. Each and every day, 35,000 men, women, and children, 13 million a year, vanish from our planet, devoured by the dragon of hunger. We Americans enjoy an affluence never matched by any other nation or generation in history. Our material resources are incalculable. Our forebears have bequeathed to us an unsurpassed heritage of political and religious freedom. Educational benefits and opportunities for cultural enrichment are available at any time. In this century of unprecedented global warfare, we have been spared the horrors of devastation. Our national blessings are the envy of the entire world. Beyond these and a host of other things, each of us has our own special reasons to give thanks. But as Christians, we should be grateful most of all for God's gift of salvation in Jesus Christ and the wealth of spiritual benefits that are ours. Paul is a master of the art of language. Whether he was preaching a sermon, developing a theological argument, debating with opponents of the gospel, rebuking men for their sins, settling disputes among Christians, appealing for mercy on behalf of a runaway slave, or defending himself against bitter accusers before a Roman tribunal. He was never at a loss for words. But when he reflected on the meaning of Jesus Christ and all he owed him, Paul found human language hopelessly bankrupt and could only could only exclaim, Thanks be to God for his gift beyond words, 2 Corinthians 9.15 says. If by faith we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, then we have forgiveness of all of our sins through his blood. In him we are reconciled to God and may come boldly before his throne of grace and power. We are heirs of his kingdom. He is our father and we are his children. He is with us always and will provide for all of our needs, will protect us and guide us throughout our journey here on earth. And at last will welcome us to glory in his presence forevermore. Whatever else we may or may not have with blessings like these, our life indeed should be one of unbroken hymn of thanks. So how do we express our gratitude to God? How can you and I tell if we're actually being thankful. Well, obviously, we praise God with our lips. The author of Hebrews says that through Christ, 
We should continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name, Hebrews 13.15 says. Words, nevertheless, are notoriously cheap in the gratitude that, that contents itself with thank yous to God, however piously and eloquently phrased, is often cheap and insincere. Real Christian thankfulness is a life-transforming dynamic. What then are its marks? Let's let's consider just a few of these. If we are thankful to God, we shall obey him. And nothing does Christian gratitude reveal itself more clearly than in obedience. We tend to forget that, that God's great purpose for us is not merely to rescue us from hell. His ultimate goal is to mold us into the image of his son to make us altogether like Christ. If you were to sum up the character of Jesus in a single word, what would that be? Would it be love? Would it be trust? Would it be humility, purity, self-sacrifice? He is all these things. He embodies all of them and, and in a perfect measure. But the word that best sums up the character of our Lord is oh, the word obedience. John 4.34 says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. That is Jesus's life model, if you will. With absolute truthfulness, he could claim, I always do what is pleasing to him, John 8.29 says. In everything Jesus did, our Lord perfectly and completely fulfilled the Father's will. He obeyed to the letter all the demands of the law of God so that no fault or blemish could be found in him. And then in that same spirit of obedience to his Father's will, he offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins. God has redeemed us in order to make us like Jesus. If we are grateful for all that he has done for us, especially for our redemption through Christ's death on the cross, we shall express that gratitude by our obedience to the will of God. Out of our gratitude will be born the determination to live a yielded life, the desire to please God in all things. You see, a thankful Christian is an obedient Christian. A second and closer related mark of Christian thankfulness is service to God. To be a disciple of Christ is to be a servant of Christ. If we live under the Lordship of Christ, you and I will devote our whole lives to him and will labor steadfastly for his glory by ministering to the needs of others in his name. The supreme motive for this service will be our gratitude to God for his undeserved favor and goodness to us in Christ. What a wealth of opportunity for service our Lord gives us. It may be teaching a church school class or conducting a children's Bible study or a youth group. It may be working in a, in a church day care center. It may be delivering meals to the home, homebound elderly or running errands for them or visiting the hospitals in the nursing home. It may be helping with the physically handicapped or the mentally challenged. It may be ministering to alcoholics or drug addicts or befriending prostitutes or prisoners. The forms of service will vary according to our individual gifts and our abilities and education even. But if we're grateful to God, we shall be busy in his service, ministering to others in the name of our Savior and always seeking as we minister to share with them the gospel of his redeeming love. After years of bondage, a slave was purchased by a stranger and set free. Falling down at the man's feet, he sobbed, I'll be your, I will be your slave till death. She thankfulness is the spring of noble service. That is why Christian service is the finest service in the world. Our thankfulness to God will also express itself in giving. Wherever you find a grateful heart, you are sure to find a generous hand. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name, said the psalmist. Bring an offering and come into his court, Psalm 96.8 says. How comfortable would you feel to think 
that God measures your gratitude to him by the gifts you place on the offering plate each week. He does exactly that. The key to balanced church budgets, increased missionary support, and larger benevolence does not lie in bingo bazaars, bake sales, nor in high-pressure financial campaigns, nor in uh, all those things, nor in legalistic emphasis upon the duty of tithing. It lies rather in the cultivation of the Christian grace of thankfulness. You see, when we're grateful for all that that Jesus does, we will give. After all, one example of this is her gratitude for all that Jesus meant to her prompted Mary of Bethany to anoint him with her jar of ointment, a gift that cost the equivalent of a, of a laborer's yearly wage. Paul boasted of the Gentile Christians of Macedonia who, though desperately poor themselves, out of gratitude for their spiritual blessings, gave beyond their means to help the poor Jewish Christians in Jerusalem. Poor and affluent alike give joyously and generously when their hearts are filled with gratitude to God. Still another characteristic of thankfulness to God is contentment in the Lord. Now we're inclined to think that contentment depends on things and circumstances, but nothing could be further from the truth. If if that were the case, those who have the greatest abundance and suffer the least misfortune would be the happiest. But often these very people are miserable and some of the worst grumblers and complainers. In his classic Robinson Crusoe, Daniel Defoe, a devout Christian, put these words into the mouth of his hero. All our discontents spring from the the want to thankfulness for what we have. Fanny Crosby, the writer of many popular gospel songs, was stricken with blindness at six weeks of age. When she was just a child of eight, she wrote these lines. Oh, what a happy soul I am. Although I cannot see, I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that others don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot and I won't. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, Psalm 103.2 says. Grateful Christians don't grumble. They find a happy contentment in their experience of God's goodness and love. The crowning feature of Christian thankfulness is the desire for deeper fellowship with the Lord. And it's natural when a friend has done a great kindness to us that we should draw still closer to him with greater affection and devotion. The love he has shown to us stimulates and intensifies our love for him so that our fellowship becomes richer, more intimate, and more precious than ever. You see, God created us for fellowship with himself. Nothing in the Genesis story is so beautiful as the immediacy and intimacy of Adam's original relationship with God. And nothing is so dark and tragic as a disruption of that relationship through sin. The rest of the Bible records the gradual unfolding of God's amazing plan to restore that relationship through Christ. When we think of all the goodness and the mercy God has shown to us who deserve nothing but his wrath and condemnation, the faithfulness of his providential care, the gifts without number he has lavished upon us, and above all, the salvation he has purchased for us through the death of his dear son. How can we fail if we are truly grateful Christians to place him at the center of our hearts and the center of our lives? Surely more than anything else, we shall long to know him better and to live in glad and loving fellowship with him forever. I want to thank you for listening to uh, this episode of the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. If you enjoy this episode, I just want to encourage you to share it with your friends and your family, you know, on social media or over email. This Thanksgiving, I want to just thank you for listening to these episodes and for sharing them with your family and your friends. I so appreciate it, and I love hearing from our listeners. And just pray Christ's richest blessings on you this Thanksgiving. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.